today we continue in our series, Exploring the Kingdom of God, how Jesus' first followers understood this movement of God's reign in their lives and what it means for us today. Last week, Pastor Dave explored a parable about good wheat seeds mixed with weeds and how we can't always perceive the movement of God. We can't always see what is going on in each other's hearts and we can't judge. There are some surprising contours to the kingdom of God and it's hard. How do we understand the kingdom of God? Don't those words bring to mind a movement big, powerful, majestic. We expect something big and obvious showing God's presence on earth, right? Even we people who don't have a king. And we remember the anticipation of the Jewish people of, Je of Jesus' time. They expected a Messiah to protect them, to redeem them, to be powerful. They expected the Messiah to usher in a kingdom of God that demonstrated power and might and showed their redemption to all the world. They expected it to be obvious. They expected everyone could acknowledge the kingdom power. And you know, it's not so hard to imagine how those early Christians understood because it's human nature. It's human nature to desire systems of power to protect us, to defend us, to protect our loved ones and our interests. You know, we see how the world's power and influence plays out, don't we? Maybe we don't have a king, but we're surrounded by powerful institutions and forces. We live in a very powerful place a very influential place. We live in a place that manages information and stories and power for the rest of the world. Think about this. It influences lives, connections, our work. It influences political discourse. Think of it. Facebook, Zoom, Google, Netflix, all minutes away from us. So we're people who live in a space with lots of power. And each generation needs to learn and relearn that paradoxical truth that the kingdom of God is not displayed in people or places of might. No, not in great wealth. Jesus empties out his power. He empties out his privilege on the cross. And we learn this, don't we? Jesus ushers in an upside-down kingdom. The first shall be last and the last shall be first. He overturns the idea of power and might. The kingdom of God is a reign of God in the lives of God's people working from the inside out. The reign of God through constant grace rather than domination that oppresses. And it's hard to get our human brains to comprehend, so we need help perceiving. Jesus shares a parable with the disciples suggesting that we need a little mustard to help us digest this upside-down kingdom. So what's your first thought when I mention mustard? It's an ordinary condiment. Here's the top shelf of our church, kitchen refrigerator left over from the barbecue. Not retouched, not placed. It was there when I opened it up. What's your first thought? Left over from the barbecue. What does your refrigerator look like? Here's my refrigerator, the second slide. Dijon, 
whole seed, maybe a little hot and spicy, or maybe you're a traditionalist with the yellow mustard, or you have that British really hot yellow mustard. You know, we're not people close to the land, so when people talk about mustard seed, when Jesus hears and talks about mustard seed, we need to dig a little deeper to understand the kingdom of God. We need to dig a little deeper into our scripture lesson this morning, the parable of the mustard seed, the plant, not just the condiment. So listen and follow along our scripture this morning, the parable of the mustard seed from the Gospel of Mark 30 through 34. Jesus also said, with what can we compare the kingdom of God or what parable will we use for it? It's like a mustard seed, which when sown on the ground, it is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes the greatest of all shrubs and puts forth large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. With many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them except in parables, but he explained everything in private to his disciples. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed, an herb that grows fast with a strong branching system. It becomes a strong woody shrub in a growing season so that even birds can perch in it. And it all starts with a small seed, a perfectly designed little seed. If you see here in this picture, can you see that little dot? It's so small. First, that seed must be buried in the cool, dark earth. It must be flooded with water that cracks the membrane open, starts the transformation of germation. The seed has just enough nutrients to propel the roots down into the soil where it could get more nutrition. It's fast growing. In just 60 days, it's flowering. Then the seed pods start to form. Each are filled with little seeds. And then at the end of its short lifespan, it's just an annual plant. The seed pods dry up. They drop to the ground, or they're harvested, and it sows the next generation. It grows here in Northern California, although it's a native of the Mediterranean region where Jesus grew and ministered. You might see it. It's both beautiful and persistent. Here's a picture of a field of mustard plants. Now, it's an annual plant that dies every year, but it spreads and spreads. It germinates easily. I love what an author wrote about mustards in California. She wrote this in the 1800s. She said, it takes riotous possession of a whole field in a season once in, never out. For one plant this year, a million next. But it is impossible to wish that the land were free of it. Its gold is as distinct a value to the eye as the nugget gold is in the pocket. So it's a plant you see everywhere. You might recognize it when you see that picture because it's not particularly unique, although it's beautiful when it masses and proliferates. Does this surprise you that Jesus likens the kingdom of God to a humble shrub? Common, not terribly rare, not all that valuable. Not even a grand tree, more of a woody shrub that dies back each year. If it was up to me, and I'm not Jesus, but if it was up to me, I'd want the kingdom of God to be like an evergreen, like a redwood tree that's lived since before the birth of Jesus, lives through centuries and forest fires. Look at this powerful trunk of this tree. 
imagine. That's what I think the kingdom of God should look like, but it's not up to me. Now, or Cypress, right? Redwoods don't grow in Palestine, but that's my first instinct. I want the kingdom of God to be massive and powerful. I'd like it to be undeniable to anyone what, that anyone with their basic human cognition and senses and sight would see it. Yes, we know that the parable shows us that the little tiny seed becomes a big bush, but that requires some careful observation. And to be honest with you, it isn't just my discomfort with the upside-down kingdom of God, but it's also hard for me that the kingdom of God requires a leap of faith, a leap of faith sometimes in a fallow season when the old plant has expired and you don't see the new growth yet. Now, I did not have a childhood faith, and I struggled with coming to faith as a young woman. I remember thinking, if God is real and good and our sovereign creator, show me, show me spectacularly with no room for doubt. You see, even now, I'm someone who has to work at faith. I seek to cultivate a sturdy faith. And when I suffer with doubts, I sound like the apostles, and it makes me feel a little bit better that I'm not alone in this. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith, and the Lord replied, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Jesus' reply that we only need a mustard seed worth of faith, and grace will provide the rest. That's been my experience with Jesus. I only had a tiny little seed of faith, but it was enough. That little seed of faith was grace reaching into my heart, drawing me closer, and I prayed for God to increase it, and God did increase it. In our human frailty, we want a powerful and grand cypress tree, redwood tree, but we have a mustard seed. But it really is God's perfect wisdom for us because the mustard seed kingdom of God suits us better. It suits us better for the rhythm of our human lives. So there are some important good lessons about grace in the mustard seed kingdom of God. And the first is that the mustard seed kingdom of God uses the small things. Now I want big, but the truth is I'm small. And if I want the kingdom of God to include me for God's goodness to reign in and through me, I need to understand that small is part of God's plan. The kingdom of God is not about being a spectator to something big. It's about welcoming in the kingdom of God to our hearts, which are small. It's about being invited into a growing season right now in the midst of our precious lives. And we've got to remember, small, small was that divine seed, the egg growing into Jesus in the womb of a Jewish teenager. And then Jesus humbly grew up for a season as a small human in an ordinary family. Fully God, but fully human also. Human dying to redeem us, providing grace for us for generations of humans. Small is part of the plan of God. Small is part of the kingdom of God. So what does that mean for us, practically speaking, in our mustard seed kingdom of God? It means small things can be powerfully used for God's grace. Small seeds of kindness create lasting goodness in your relationships. 
John Gottman, the relationship researcher, discovered the power of what he called small bids for connection. They are attempts a person makes in their relationship to connect with their partner. These are small connections, brief touches, comments, smiles, even texts. These small bids of connection are actually huge predictors of relationship success, even though they're small. And they're more powerful, and they are a bigger predictor of a relationship success than other things that you would predict, like personality, or cognition, or intelligence. And small seeds of kindness are important in our extended family. So I invite you to reach out to each other. I read and hear about people who leave a church merely because no one reached out to them. Maybe this was you at a time. Small choices, small seeds can be used by God for important growth in the kingdom of God, important growth in your life. Today's small seeds might be that Today, you read from your Bible instead of doom-scrolling when you have a few moments to spare. Today, maybe you pray when something or someone annoys you. Today, maybe when you succumb to a bad habit, you seek a change by just being mindful and noting what you don't want to do next. Today, maybe seek to be kind to a stranger when you know no one is looking Tip servers very well. Smile from behind your mask. People can see it in your eyes. And remember, though, that even though these are small things that you might do, the kingdom of God, the mustard seed kingdom of God, is also connectional. So it is full of the small things, but it's also connectional. A reminder, because we live in compartmentalized, individualized ways. We want to be independent and self-sufficient. And frankly, the pandemic hasn't made it any easier for us to be connectional. But mustard seeds, they live in this spread and tangled, beautiful profusion. They create a nest for the birds together. One plant isn't sufficient for that bird to nest. In the same way, the mustard seed kingdom creates spaces for people in need of shelter. So I invite you to be willing to be known, to be willing to be known and know each other, be open to sharing grace with each other, companion each other, walk alongside each other for seasons of growth and healing. Let someone know if you're in need of encouragement, your pastors, of course, but also Stephen ministers, deacons. Your deacon will call you. Call them back or answer the phone. And Stephen Minister's information is listed in our bulletin. Stephen Ministry provides a space for people. Think of it as shade in a nest, a nest of compassion when you're weary, reminding us that we're all connected. We are here for each other. We are connected together. You know, hearing one another's stories, listening to one another's journeys, That's a source of God's kingdom grace. That's a mustard seed kingdom grace. And when you doubt and when you're hurting, if you don't have a mustard seed of faith, borrow one by asking for prayer. Ask for prayer from a person or just email prayer at pclg.org and ask for prayer and people will be praying for you because the mustard seed kingdom of God is connectional but another element of it 
is that the kingdom of God is also requiring us to surrender and to spread. The mustard seed kingdom of God requires surrendering and spreading. Jesus tries to help his disciples and he helps them understand with parables and analogies. And it's hard for them, but we have a hindsight they don't. We know about the rugged cross. The disciples haven't yet learned in this story what we know that the most astounding upside-down twist is that the Son of God, the heir to the kingdom of God, would surrender and humble, humble himself to death on a rugged cross. Surrender, death, and rebirth, that's part of the cycle of mustard seed kingdom living. The plants will die back after their season, but they'll produce a multitude of seeds. And we're to expect this. Oh, I know it's hard. We experience anguish when we're separated by death from our loved ones. Jesus knows that pain of that season. Let us cling to the hope that earthly death isn't the end of our story. And throughout our lives, there are other little and big endings, right? We know this. We move, children move away, we have an empty nest, we perhaps are separated from our families. We have to have faith that God is in all of these things. Sometimes these changes in our life can be surprising, and we need to let go of the idea that we can control God's outcomes for our life. The kingdom of God requires surrendering. And it also requires spreading. Sometimes we have to say goodbye to someone we love. Sometimes they're friends or leaders of our church. They move away. If you are the one moving away, you need to embrace that God will have a new place for you to rest, knowing that kingdom of God is profuse throughout all the world. And sometimes we have to surrender something painful that we've experienced a loved one has drifted away from the church and we yearn to bring them back to the mustard field. But we have to trust God's movement and surrender them to God's plan for their lives. You know, sometimes things change at church, some movement of the spirit, or maybe just new people decide to do things a new way. And it's evident that the next generation has some new ideas. You know, the church has a reformation every 500 years, and we might be due for one, right? Surrounded by technology, globalization, polarization, a post-Christendom life. But the mustard seed, kingdom of God, demonstrates the power of grace to take possession of the field in each generation of humankind, to keep germinating. And we want to be people who don't fight that rhythm of the mustard seed harvest. The farmer collects the seed, and some are spread for the next season, but some stay together and become a delicious mustard. So we're here, we're gathered, and we should be spicy mustard together, right? What do I mean by that? What is it to be spicy mustard? It means joining together in God's plan, spreading the mustard seed kingdom of God around, bringing our full selves, our full personalities, all of our gifts, our burdens, as well as our joys, all together to our lives, bringing all the flavor inside and spreading it out in the church. Come and see, go and do be spicy people. So remember that the spicy kingdom of God 
The mustard seed kingdom of God embraces small things, friends. It's connectional, and it spreads all for the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. And all the spicy people said, amen.